Welcome to another edition of Policy Today, a podcast brought to you by the Washington Research Council. This is Mary Strau. I'm joined today by my colleagues Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. Uh, we are recording this on December 15th, 2016, and it's a big day for us because um, this week Governor Jay Inslee uh, unveiled his proposed uh, two-year budget, operating budget for the 2015-2017 biennium. Actually, the 2017. The 2017- oh, sorry. 20- Gosh, I'm living in the, I'm still stuck in the past. The 2017-2019 biennium. uh, It's the first salvo. It's the first proposal to come out before the legislative session starts next month. And um, Emily, you have been covering this and analyzing it. So um, let's get your take on it. So the proposal would spend... Um, about $8.2 billion more than um, it, than was spent in 2015-17. Yeah, and that's a billion with a B. Yes. And we're talking and about the, what, what was the, you know, what's the size of the budget so people have a perspective. Right. So the in the 2015-17 spending was about $38.5 billion. Yeah. And so the governor is now proposing a, a, a biennial spending package that would uh, total forty six point seven billion, mm-hmm. and that's kind of on a near general fund state plus opportunity pathways basis. Yeah, so that's a big, big increase. It is, and it's but it's important to remember too that it's that's maintenance level spending and policy level spending. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain amount of spending that um, that will increase just by carrying forward all of the um, policies that were in place before. Right. Sort of the, what you could consider like the autopilot spending. It's just, it's going to keep going. Yeah. Right. Because our population is increasing and Mm -hmm. various other reasons. But then there's also um, policy spending, which is uh, new policy ideas. Mm -hmm. And so in, in this proposal, the governor's proposing about $4.8 billion in new policy level spending. That's a uh, nice chunk of change. It is. And also, it sh- we should note that um, by law, the governor is required to propose a budget that balances within existing revenues. Mm, mm-hmm. This certainly does not. Right. Um, apparently, he's going to uh, submit that um, that budget to the legislature by December 20th. So this okay. is really his aspirational preferred budget. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I think the big headlines out of the out of the um, proposal are the increase in spending for K twelve education, mm-hmm. and then also there's a lot of mental health spending. Mm-hmm. Um, the K twelve proposal, which he announced separately, he, it would increase spending by about three point nine billion dollars for K twelve education. I think some of that number may include um, capital spending. I'm still going through all of these numbers, so this is all very... We'll have more as the weeks go on. But, mm-hmm. um, that includes um, adding $2.4 billion for wages for teachers. This is right. the the issue that we've been talking about a lot related to the McCleary decision. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the final piece that needs to be done. Um so he's suggesting that 2.4 billion is is the number. Okay. Interesting. But, um, 
And that's that's for uh, isn't it? Doesn't that include raising the starting pay of teachers to something in the fifty four thousand? Was it? That sounds right. I don't have yeah. that right in front of me. It was about but that. Would, yeah, and he would change the salary allocation model to um, to focus less on what degrees you've earned and more on, I guess, professional development milestones, whatever that means. Okay. Well, that that would actually be in line with some of the reforms that um, that have been proposed, that linking right. it to degrees isn't really the best way to go. Right. Um, and also, um, part of that three point eight nine eight or nine billion dollars is um, finishing the K three class size reduction spending. Okay, this is something the legislature has already committed to do. So that's um, not really new spending, but he's including it there. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of funding for teacher training and mentoring mm -hmm. um, and the like. Okay. So. Um, Kind of another, a few other items to mention. He it would freeze uh, resident undergraduate tuition for the universities. Of course, okay. last biennium the tuition was actually reduced, but this yes. would just freeze it. Freeze it, okay. Um, span, he, he would expand the state need grants. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of mental health funds, and also um, funding for homelessness. Mm-hmm. And the mental health funding. Um, uh, a lot of that, I believe, is due to there's been quite a lot of, um, I guess you could call it controversy at best, scandal at worst, around uh, Western State Hospital, which is a um, yeah. state mental institution. Real problems there. I believe it was uh, decertified or something like that um, recently. So they've had some big, big problems and need to make investments. Um, and then there's also been the topic which we've talked about of um providing beds for for mentally ill patients so they're not you know sent to uh jail right um but they need some some kind of to be under some kind of supervision right okay um, and then i guess the last point i would make on the spending is that um it would fund the collective bargaining agreements that the um, the governor reached with the state employees unions. Okay. Intr oh, that's right. There was a, a significant pay increase for state employees. Right. Yeah. It would be about $500 million um, for the represented state employees. And then to extend those pay raises to the non-represented employees would cost another $232 million. Okay. Okay. And then the question is how... Uh, uh, does he propose to pay for all of this? Yes. Well, you know, under under state law, he's expected to uh, require to mm -hmm. to uh, lay out a plan for paying all of this, mm -hmm. and, and he did so. But um, I think the best way to look at his plan is just uh, something is something put forward to fulfill his legal obligation. It really doesn't um, necessarily. Um, uh, uh, show how the legislature would go about raising the additional funds. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Uh, you know, what's in his plan? Um, the three biggest items are an increase in the B&O tax rate on services mm -hmm. uh, from 1.5% to 
um, which was um, um, uh, estimated would raise um, about $2.3 billion um, over the course of the uh, uh, the seventeen nineteen biennium, and that, you know um, that may that may sound oh just a percentage point, but I've I've already seen some actually some friends on Facebook who own their own businesses who would be affected by yeah. that tax who are saying that's a, it would be a huge tax increase for yes. them huge so just even though it just yes. says one percent increase because remember B and O is on your um, yeah, gross that's right. it's on revenue. Yeah, revenue, and so on revenue, not profits. So it it generally represents a much higher uh, percentage of the income that the business is actually generating for its owners. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, number two on the list is a um, carbon tax, mm. uh, which would generate uh, just over a billion dollars for the biennium. Uh, it's going to set the uh, the rate. Uh, at $25 a ton initially, uh, and then increase it thereafter with that inflation plus three and a half percent. And of course, the people of Washington, the people of Washington just rejected the carbon tax. And a, it was a different carbon tax than this, but they just rejected a carbon tax initiative. Yeah, and this well, one is not only, not only did they reject a carbon tax, but they rejected a carbon tax that that also reduced other mm-hmm. taxes. This exactly, tax, carbon tax would not do that. Yeah, yep. I mean, this is just that was a you know we're going to cut the sales tax and we're going to cut the B and O tax, and this is just no, we're just going to raise the carbon tax. And now, and which uh, does he specify? Like, who's going to be affected by this? Who would be taxed? Everybody or businesses I, or? I, I have not see, seen the bill on a bill mm-hmm. on this, so it's hard to know what the okay. details are. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got uh, that. Then, then the then the third item is a capital gains tax. Yes, which Washington uh, state currently doesn't have. Yes. But it's just uh, and which and which has been before the legislature in previous years and has gotten absolutely no traction. Yeah, um, and this uh, it, it's interesting, you know, capital gains tax is like on every um, I would say left of center sort of interest groups across the nation, it's on their wish list. Yeah. Um, either an increase if say if you're talking about federal or on a state level, an increase, or if a state doesn't have it. Um, so it's kind of a trendy new thing to do. I've, it's not just limited here to Washington State where people are salivating over a, yeah. a capital gain. So the, the, the rate Inslee proposes is 7.9%. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently there's a um, $25,000 threshold for individuals, $50,000 threshold for families. So not rich, uh, not rich people. These would be... That's what the yeah, uh, and and then um, and then in addition, all residential property would be exempted. Right, um, but if you were say if you had um, property um, for that you didn't live in that was sort of an investment property, you'd get taxed. Yes, um, if you had investments for you know for whatever reason if you were just saving your money, you'd get taxed. Yeah, uh, and th- this is projected over the biennium to, to generate um, a little over $800 million. Uh, right. Again, again, we haven't seen the bill, uh, so we don't mm. know exactly what's going on here. But I imagine, which generally with a capital gains tax, there's a ramp-up period. It takes a while for the, uh, um, um, you know, the 
you, you don't collect any money. Uh, you know, probably don't uh, tax any gains that uh, were taken before the bill became effective. And then there's a, a considerable lag between the time that the the, the uh, uh, tax the uh, transaction subject to the tax occurs and when the mm-hmm. money is actually remitted to the state. So I would guess that this is that the act the expectation is going forward that the amount would be uh, more than just the uh, $800 million per biennium. Mm-hmm. You're right, Chris. In the, yes. in the, um, in the uh, summary documents the governor provided, the $821 million is just for the second year of this biennium. Okay. And so, and they also mentioned that going forward, they expect to get more than $900 million a year. Yes. So in the next biennium, this will double. Yes. Yeah, unless, unless people who are wealthier and can move their their assets get the hell out of washington state if it were ever to be (laughs) implemented which is of course what people who are wealthier and are more mobile will do yes there are a whole bunch of strategies that can be used to um to cite the transaction outside of the uh um uh, outside of the state so that the that the uh, um uh Revenues will not flow into the state coffers from from the from the uh, the transaction, and even without the people leaving the state, it's not as if they're going to uh, these large numbers are going to just flock away to right. Oh, let's say Jackson Hole, uh, <laughs> but 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 they but but for the purposes of taxation, those assets will move out of state in various yeah. ways. Um, so it's very it's you you simply cannot accurately project how much um, uh, you'll get from a capital gains tax uh, based on a history of, uh, of capital gains taken in this state mm-hmm. in an environment where there was no capital gains tax. Right, because obviously behavior will change. It's yes. not like people... people are, yeah. Yes. Um, so, and, and of course, we've talked before about how the capital gains is, a, is an incredibly volatile um, yes. uh, source of, of income. Yeah, we'll add a link in the in the in the description for the podcast. We'll provide a link to um, a previous uh, paper we did that shows how very volatile. So you can you know you can't rely on capital gains, and certainly a lot of states saw this um, you know in the just the Great Recession how incredibly volatile uh, uh, capital gains tax revenues were. Um, then there are um, five uh, tax exemptions that will either be repealed or limited, um, and um, um, those are the limit the um, exclusion for of trade in value when you buy a car from sales tax. Uh, they're going to limit that exclusion to um, uh, ten thousand dollars per transaction. Uh, they are going to. Uh, collect um, REIT on foreclosure sales of, of property. And that's the real uh, real estate? Um, yes, the real estate excise, excise tax. Excise tax, okay. Um, they're, they're going to repeal the, bo- they propose repealing the bottled water sales tax exemption, mm-hmm. repeal the extracted fuel um, exemption, which is the uh, refineries uh, still gas Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and then take the non-resident uh, sales tax exemption uh, and turn it into a refundable 
uh, exemption. So they will, the sales tax will be collected uh, when the non-resident purchases a good, and that, but that then that the buyer can petition for a uh, for a refund. A refund. Okay. Uh, and all, and uh, then one other item there, which is, is uh, to extend extend an economic nexus to retail and B&O activities. So to try and and collect B&O tax on out-of-state sellers who are selling retailers who are selling into the state of Washington. That's a relatively minor about about amount about twelve million dollars. Okay. And we've seen um, and all of those proposals, the ones you just mentioned. Yeah, they've we've all, seen all, they've all shown before. up at various times. Um, it's, kind of the, it's kind of the standard list, yeah. often the standard list. Uh, in fact, I think we have to say that we've seen virtually, we've seen everything on the list, on this list before. Yeah. Even though the B&O tax on services is, you know, is, is, that's one that we typically have done something with B&O tax on services during economic downturns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in fact, what what strikes me about this proposal is um, not that the governor, you know, I think we all expected the governor was going to include um, significant tax increases, but um, it's, I don't know, I guess the lack of nuance or the lack of um, maybe trying to, looking at overall at our tax system, at Washington State's tax system, because, you know, uh, Governor Inslee in the last I don't know if this is last session or the session before he was talking about our tax system as an old jalopy and wasn't really suited um, to the 21st century. So I guess I would have maybe um, would have expected something that had more of a broad ranging like, okay, yes, a capital gains tax. But then to compensate for that, we're going to look at other taxes and maybe rejigger that a little bit. But instead, it's sort of like, we're just plopping these new taxes on top of the old tax system. Uh, you know, I think that, um, um, you know, I, I got to disagree with you. This is exactly what I expected. <laughs> um, because the governor and on the, the revenue, the revenue recommendations governors make in this are almost always irrelevant. Gotcha. Um, he had to put something, some, some, some things down there to generate as much money as was needed to cover his, with the spending programs he okay. wanted to, and he just went back to the to the the list of things that have been talked about in the recent past and plugged them in. Right. Uh, he basically knows he's irrelevant to the revenue discussion, and there was no point in putting a lot of effort into it. Yeah. Well, maybe the maybe the um, innovation will come out throughout the course of the session. Then. Yeah. Where. Instead of just trying to plot new taxes onto the old system, you know, um, if they decide new taxes or additional revenues are needed, they can, in the process, perhaps um, have a little have a little more nuance and look at some. I mean, obviously, tax reform is a huge issue in and of itself. But um, and I guess, I guess on the property tax uh, side, yep. which did we even did we have we talked about that the property tax? No, we didn't, uh, you know, we haven't, um, um, not today we haven't. I should okay, have said, so, so it was kind of implicit in what had been said, uh, what, what Emily's been talking about. Mm-hmm. On the spending side, um, with the additional state money going to school districts to uh, to pick up the, the state's McCleary obligation, the school districts are, would be expected to cut back on um, property tax levies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a saving that offsets it for taxpayers uh, um, uh, a portion of the 
new revenue that uh, Ainsley wants to uh, okay. to raise. But since that's that's a local tax issue rather than the state, it doesn't show up as a number on the state budget. Uh, right. And one thing he uh, didn't have in his proposal, which has been talked about, is uh, increasing the you know the the sw- pro- levy swap or whatever you want to call it, increasing the state portion of the property tax and decreasing local levels. But that wasn't that was not in this proposal. Is no, that, right? that was not. Yeah, that was not. That was not. Uh, and anyway, so the other thing I, I was thinking when I saw this list is that in many ways the the uh, the list is at least written with an um, with an eye towards his base. Yes. Um, since the you know the capital gains tax is um, um, uh, it is favored by the portion of his base that really would like to see the uh, state uh, be more involved in the redistribution of income mm-hmm. and the carbon tax to the environmental community. Yes. Um, you know who knows how his base will react to uh, uh, an increase in the state. Um, uh, property tax. In fact, yeah. I, as I recall, he kind of when, when he first ran for election uh, in 2012, he campaigned uh, one of his uh, against uh, an increase in the state. Right. You know, because of course Rob McKenna um, pr- was promoting a version of a tax swap, and so I'm kind of wondering yeah. if that isn't what's kind of holding him back because he campaigned so hard against it in 2012 so now he can't give on or at least in this opening salvo he's not willing to yeah that's right i mean if he he was really putting forward a serious proposal um he might have an incentive to include it but Mm -hmm. um for given the given the situation right uh, it wasn't worth the trouble to go there yeah and as you know this is just um this is just sort of this doesn't really mean anything and since it's the legislature that had the house and the senate that have to that have to actually pass a budget first um and i i it's been a rare thing i think especially in recent years for a governor's original proposal to really hold much sway they pretty much start from uh, from the ground up. Although I'm sure there will be plenty of Democrats who will would um, love the idea of a capital gains tax. Maybe some Republicans too. I don't know. I doubt it, but there might be. Um, okay. And now I did. I had read. Uh, now, of course, I guess it's sort of unrealistic to expect this in the govern this governor's budget proposal, but. Um, there was some concern among Republicans that the way it's set up on the education funding side is there uh, there's there's nothing that explicitly says um, tells the the local districts okay you cannot spend any money on basic education um, in order to you know sort of follow through on the McCle- the, the McCleary decision. Um, so there are concerns that you know they when whatever budget they come up with it has to be very clear that the state is providing the full funding for basic education and the local districts are not to provide any funding for basic education otherwise they'll just be able to sue again and start this whole process uh once uh, sort of once more um then i i don't know if that's a legitimate um uh, critique because I don't know if 
that's something that could should be expected from a, a budget proposal, uh, the governor's opening budget proposal. So we'll just have to we'll have to see about that. And I'm sure Republicans and Democrats in the legislature will have plenty to plenty to say about this in the coming weeks. Yeah, you know the the details of the of the the query solution are you know be subject to very um, contentious negotiations mm -hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me if the governor just tried to stand above them yeah. and just give you new sort of top line numbers and not yep. worrying about the details yeah yeah definitely um all right well, anything else guys um i'll just mention just one thing briefly mm -hmm. apparently one of the that would be needed to implement this, or one of the bills that's assumed would be to uh, suspend the four-year balanced budget budget law. Oh. So clearly, this wouldn't apparently balance over four years, which is which is an issue. I mean, the four-year balanced budget requirement has been a really good thing, I think, for our budget process. So right, it'd be a shame if that were to happen. Yeah, that would be a tough sell, I would think, for the Senate Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's just one more thing added to the mix. Um, okay, well, great. Thank you, Chris and Emily. That was really informative. And uh, to our listeners, we'll provide links to all of this in the um, podcast description. And just a reminder, you can listen to us not only on our website and on SoundCloud, but also on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn. So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. 